0: Welcome to our channel as you take your time to listen to God's word today with us We believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 to 9 Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 to 9 can we read together? Shall we read together? Yes? Three, two, one, go. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head and she will present you with a beautiful crown. Shall we pray? God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. We need you more than ever. And I pray that your word will work and transform in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, last um, two weeks, two Sundays ago, I preached on this title, Living Under the Strength of God. And last week, we had Pastor Mano Chandran speak, Living Under the Peace of God. And it was a beautiful series. We did not plan it like a series, but it was like a beautiful series that happened. And I feel that God is not done with the series. So we are now continuing as part three where Pastor Mano left. And we are going to look at this title, Living Under God's Wisdom. Can somebody say Amen? Amen. Can all the wise people say Hallelujah? Hallelujah. Wow, there's a lot of wise people. The Bible says the one who considers themselves wise is fill in the blanks. All right. Ouch. (laughs) That is great. Living under God's wisdom. It is important to live in God's wisdom. You know, we all are, you know, always making choices in life. And we need the wisdom of God. You know, a woman died, and she found herself outside the pearly gates of heaven. And as she was standing outside the pearly gates of heaven, she saw Peter standing at the gate. And she asked him, Oh, is this place what I really think it is? It's so beautiful. Did I make it to heaven? To which Peter, St. Peter replied, Yes, my dear, you are standing at the gates of heaven, but you must do one more thing before you can enter. The woman was very excited and she asked Peter what she must do to pass through the gates and enter heaven. And Peter said, you need to spell a word. Really? You're doing a spelling test at the gates of heaven to enter heaven? And uh, Peter said, yes, you have to do that. So the woman asked, what word? And Peter said, any word that you like, and it's your choice, and you can spell it. So the woman promptly replied, okay, fine, I choose love, L-O-V-E. So Peter said, congratulations, you are in luck today, you've done a great job. You can make it into heaven. But before that, I have been standing here for a very long time. And I need to go to the restroom. Can you just guard this gate for some time until I get back? And after I get back, you can enter heaven. The women said, okay, fine. What am I supposed to do if somebody turned up? Do the same thing. (laughs) Do the same thing that I told you to do. That's all it takes. That's the only job that you need to do. So the woman said, wow, I'll be honored to do that. So she was standing there hoping Peter would come back and nobody would turn up. And all of a sudden she sees a man walking towards her. Stumbling and coming and totally confused. She takes a close look at the man and she realizes that it's her husband. Now the woman goes, hey! Hey! What are you doing here? I just died and I came here. You're already here? He goes, honey, when you died, I just couldn't take it up. I was so sad. After the funeral, I was driving the car so sad that I hit into another truck and here I am. And the wife is like, what? So soon? Anyway, if you need to enter heaven... You got to spell a word. And the husband goes, really? I have to spell a word? What word? And the, and the wife said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> the husband never made it into heaven. The wife had a choice. Whether the husband enters the heaven or not. And she made a choice. Now we don't know if it was a wise choice or not, but she made a choice. When you speak, when you say things, often you need to understand and realize that you are making decisions through your speech. You're making decisions through your choices. In life, decisions matter. In life, choices matter. And many of you, especially the the indecisive ones, the ones who are very laid back in their personality, and say, ha ha, this is why I don't make decisions, I just leave it to God. No. When you don't make decisions, life decides for you. Somebody makes a decision for you. Oftentimes in leadership they say, hey, if you are not leading, you are led. You're either leading or you're following. There's no in-between. You're either making a decision or somebody else are making decisions for you. There's no such thing as I'm not making any decisions in life because life is filled with choices. When God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden and he gave them what? A choice. He gave them a choice either to choose life or choose death. We constantly face choices in life. Every day, we got to choose something. From the moment you open your eyes, you have to make a choice whether you're going to hit the snooze button or whether you're going to jump out of the bed. Brother Jane and I had a choice whether we are going to continue to live this way or go to the gym and look fit. And watch this space. In three months time, you will see a transformation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We are filled with choices in life. Sunday morning, you got to make a choice. Whether you're going to be online or whether you're going to be in person. Now, we did not have this choice before COVID, right? After COVID, now everybody's like, man, I'm battling with life on Sunday morning. I've got a choice to make. Ah. It's a hard one. Am I going to sit in the bed with my laptop and, and worship God? Or do I have to put my foot down on the cold floor of Trichy City? There is no cold floor in Trichy. Everywhere it's warm. <laughs> one of the foreigners who came to Trichy and he was having a shower and he asked, Man, can you turn down the heater? He's taking a shower at 3 in the afternoon. He said, can you turn off the heater? I said, what heater? We don't have heater in our house. (laughs) We have self-heaters, solar heaters. Where is the solar family of our church? They made a choice not to be here. (laughs) Choices matter. We are constantly facing choices. We have to make decisions. This morning, I want to take you to one passage. And I want us to understand truly that it is important we live under God's wisdom. Because it is that wisdom that helps you to make a choice. I have seen educated foolish people in my life. Has anybody else seen that? You're educated, which means that you have a lot of knowledge. You can be a professor, you can be a teacher, you can be a scholar, you can be a doctorate, you can have double PhD, triple PhD. But whatever you have learned, if you cannot apply in your life, you lack wisdom. It's one thing to have knowledge about God and it's one thing to apply that in your life. It's one thing to know that God is omnipotent, omnipresent. I can worship Him wherever that I want. So you can make a choice to worship Him wherever. But it takes wisdom to worship together with God's people because God has put us together in a community of God's people. Somebody say Amen. Amen. You can be full of knowledge and still be foolish. There's a big difference. Knowledge will tell you how to load a gun. But wisdom will tell you when to pull the trigger. I don't know why I used that metaphor. I've never used a gun. But anyway, I hope you get the point. Hebrews chapter 11. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. From verse 23 to 26. Verse 23 it says, It was by faith. Can we have that verse on the screen, folks? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23, there we go. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God has given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Now, to give a little bit of context on this verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, where the author is quoting something that happened in the Old Testament. The reason why the author is quoting what is happening in the Old Testament is because he is Hebrew, the book of Hebrews is written to messianic Jews. Who are the Messianic Jews? They are the people, Jewish people, who were in Judaism, who gave up on the religion of Judaism and started following the Messiah. Not all Jewish people believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And because there was a small group of people who believed that Jesus is the Messiah, they call themselves as the Messianic Jews. But what is happening in the book of Hebrews is that these people as they left the law, left the sacrifices, left the traditions, left their huge synagogues and temples and started walking by faith and not by sight, all of a sudden they got this doubt if they're doing the right thing. Have you ever been there? You started doing something for God? And you've given up so many things, and you start walking in faith, and then in the middle you think, "Oh my goodness, I've given up so much. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Can somebody give me an assurance? And the author of Hebrews is giving this, this book is a book of assurance for messianic Jews saying that you are in the right path. So that is why you find a lot of Old Testament references, because the Jews considered Moses in a great high place. The Torah was so important for them. The first five books of the Bible was so important for them. Law was important for them. Tradition was important for them. So he is now talking, saying that you have made a choice to follow Jesus, but so did your forefathers. Even before they met Jesus, Even before the birth of Moses, even during the time of the one who greatly respect Moses, Moses' parents made a choice. And because of that choice, today you are able to follow the Messiah. Do you understand? And this is what is happening. You know, Moses' parents, what is happening in the context is that the king had actually said, you know, kill all the sons, the firstborns. And, and, and they're going through this, this time where there is great slavery, great oppression. But at the same time, God had a divine plan for Moses. And the parents made a different choice. If the parents did not make a different choice, we will not have the story of Moses in the Bible. How many parents... You can make a different choice for your children. How many of you can make a biblical decision for the sake of the next generation? Let us not give in to the pressures and you know the patterns of today's society. But make a different choice. It says, they saw that God had given them an unusual child. Now many parents would agree with that. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Mine is also an unusual one, pastor. Can you please? I'm sure my parents said that about me too. Definitely, oh, unusual one. Please pray. That he will be an unusual one. But in a different version, it says... That they saw him, that he is a beautiful baby with the beautiful plan of God over his life. Now they saw that Moses is an unusual child because there was a calling upon Moses' life. So the parents had to make an unusual decision. Let me tell you something. If you are walking with God... And you know that God is asking you to make an unusual decision for your life. Your Chitapa's son or your Periyapa's son or your uncle's brother's mama's son will not make that choice ever in the family. But you, the unusual one, say Amen. Oh, a lot of people this side. You, the unusual one. God has called you to make some unusual decisions. And he is taking you through an unusual journey. And maybe you are making an unusual decision because you know that God has a plan for your life. And that is because there is a divine plan over your life. And God will not stop until you make that choice. You might have missed it when you were 10 years old. God will say, "Hey, I'll wait. On your 20th birthday, I'll remind you. And God reminds you and you're like, "No, I'll skip this one as well. Ten years later, I'll still skip it." Gods, "I will wait. You go have babies. You get married. I will wait." And still God reminds you about the calling over your life and what he has called you to be. He will say, okay, carry on. I will catch you. I know when to catch you. And he'll still get hold of you. And there comes a time when the choice is so heavy that you know that you can't escape. He takes you through that journey. And you know that you have to make that unusual choice. Because... God's plan for you has never left you. God's plan for your life. God did not change his plan over your life because you changed your plans. Hello somebody. God did not change the plan over your life because you changed your plans. He's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So the family makes an unusual decision because they have an unusual child. And it says, they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. When you have an unusual choice, and God puts an unusual calling over your life, he gives you the courage along with it. The many times enemy wants you to be afraid. And he puts you in the trap of fear. What will happen if I make the choice? Well, make a choice and find out. The only way, many young people come and ask me, Pastor, I just want to know what would happen if I make this choice. I know God is calling me for something. and I just don't know how to make. uh, What would happen? Can you please tell me? And I tell them, make the choice and find out yourself. Because God is so unique that he will lead everybody in a unique way. He's not going to lead Kenneth Sam the same way he's leading Jasper. He's not going to lead Jemmy the same way he's leading Auntie Prema. He's not going to lead. Everybody has a unique journey. And all we need to do is to take that step of faith and make the unusual choice. Even when the king was putting a pressure on the entire nation, you had a family that made a courageous choice. And because of that, we have this character called Moses. Moses. Verse 24. It says, it was by faith that Moses. Where did that faith come from? It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now we all know the story of Moses, right? He went in the basket and the pharaohs. Should I call a leadership college student to come and explain to you? Jasper? <laughs> yes. He did not expect that. And, and he, you know that Moses grew up in a royal family. He was in Pharaoh's house. His culinary was different. His behavior was different. Moses, even though he was a Hebrew, he had an etiquette, a discipline, a lifestyle of royalty. His life, all his life, he grew up in the Pharaoh's house, not knowing his real identity. But a time came. When God revealed his real identity to him and he ran away. But during the season of him running away, God put him through a process to make a choice. So when you read in Hebrews about what happened in the Old Testament and you read it in, 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 um, where's the verse gone? In verse uh, 24, it was by faith that Moses, you know, it took Moses quite a lot of decades to get there. When it says it was by faith, it took Moses a long time to get to that level of by faith. Sometimes we read a verse in a sentence and our mind, man, I can never achieve that. But let me tell you, if you are going through a process in life where you are rejected, where you maybe feel like I can't do this and you're running away from things, can you hold on to God? Because it is in those times God is shaping you. It is those times, you know, in the breaking is the making. While He is breaking you, He is making you into something that He wants you to be. Because when you come out of that season, you will make a different choice. And during the time when Moses was realized that He is not who He is, fear got hold of him. When he truly found out who he was, fear got hold of him. And many of us, when God speaks into our lives and says this is what you got to be, fear gets hold of you and you keep running and running and running. But let me tell you something, you keep running because wherever you run, he is there. He is there. He is there. Wherever you go and you try to make a stop and pitch a tent, before you enter that destiny, there will be a signpost, take diversion. And you're like, man, I thought I can rest here, but then you turn. And that's God. That's God. He meets you in front of the city. Before you even enter the wrong decision, He gives you a diversion. And we have been living in diversions. Can anybody relate to that? There have been so many people who have been just living in diversions after diversions. Hey, where are you going? I'm going from this diversion to that diversion. Why, what happened? I just don't know, man. I'm just confused. You know, there's so many. I know this what God, but I don't know, man. It's too, it's too, what God is calling me to do is too great. And it's just, I don't think I deserve it. Yes, of course you don't deserve it. That's the truth. Then what are you supposed to do? Go to the one who makes you worthy of his calling. Many of us want to, you know, you pray, Lord, show me the destiny and destiny and destiny. But you're living between diversions after diversions after diversions. And today God is going to speak to you and is speaking to you. Make a choice. Make a choice. Make a choice. Who you are. In Christ Jesus, it's not changed. Who you are, in the eyes of God, it has not changed. God sees you, God knows you, and he is calling you by your name. Make a choice. Verse 24 says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He grew up in Pharaoh's house. But now he's making a choice to refuse that identity. Rather, verse 25, he says, he's, it says what? He Come on, somebody read it. He He chose. Now this is where you need God's wisdom. He chose to share the oppression of God's people. Instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. If he had gone back to Pharaoh and said. This is who I am but can you take me back. And Pharaoh would be like you know what you grew up here. You are a brother to me come on. You can come back to the palace. Which is probably what Pharaoh would have wanted. Pharaoh had given him a great position. Pharaoh had. You know, enjoyed him seeing with the royal services and everything royal. Now Moses comes back, you know, in in, in a Hebrew clothing. As an oppressed person. And he chose to be in that identity. He chose to suffer even though he could have gone into the pleasures of royal life. But he chose differently. Moses made a decision which made him a kingdom hero. Maybe not an earthly one, but a kingdom hero. The problem with Christianity today is that you want to be a hero on earth, and you also want to be a hero in the kingdom of God. Choose. Choose. And choose wisely. You cannot be both. When you make choices to be a kingdom hero... And try to live a kingdom lifestyle. Guess what? You will look foolish in the eyes of the world. You will get phone calls from your uncles and aunties. What, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> your peers and elders and others might say, Oh man, you could have been an engineer. And join the fleet of engineers who are jobless. How can India be employed? We cannot become an employed country. We need more jobless people. Let's raise our children to become. And then God shows you a different way. God shows you that you are a creative person and creativity is your gift and you go back and you tell your parents, I'm going to move to Tanzania, I'm going to live, you know, in, in, in the national park there and I'm going to take great pictures of animals and it's going to come in national geography and the, the parents look at you and go, you are an absolute shame to this family. <laughs> What will I tell my brothers? He's walking around with camera in Africa. (laughs) You should become a doctor. Abhishek really liked this point. He came and took a picture of me. (laughs) He's like, yeah, pastor, preach it. That is so good. Creativity is my language. Oh, I am called to be a photographer. Let me click on this man. Ta. Hallelujah my calling. <laughs> God bless you man. We give into pressures generations after generations we have made choices because 10,000 people made the same choice. But if you are a kingdom person you got to have the courage to follow the word. Even if that means you've got to stand against culture, religion, familiar things, patterns, be a kingdom person. Be a kingdom person. I am not teaching you follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Please don't follow your heart. In somebody's school book or school bus I saw, follow your heart. Is this what you're teaching in your school? Please don't put the children in that school. Because you can't follow your heart. Because you know your heart. If you don't know your heart, I'll tell you where you can meet your heart. You can go to a zoo and ask them where the monkeys are. And you go stand there and watch for five minutes what the monkeys are doing. You will see your heart there. It jumps from one. It can't stay still. It keeps jumping and jumping and jumping. The shirt that you wore today, you hate it the next day. And you complain. You're like, oh man, I don't fit into this. I don't like this anymore. Who bought this shirt? I bought this shirt. (laughs) Did you like it when you buy it? Yes, I liked it when I bought it. Why do you not like it now? I just don't know why I don't like it now. I just can't put the fourth button on it. And you complain that the shirt has become small while you have become bigger. It's not. The shirt's fault, my dear children. That's our heart. It keeps jumping from choices after choices after choices. Don't follow your heart. That's not what I'm teaching. Follow God's heart for your life. Follow God's heart for your life. Your choices will be different. Your choices might be radical. Your choices might be unusual. But thank God that it's unusual because in this earth we are called to be kingdom people and kingdom people are unusual people. Somebody say amen with some great boldness. Because we are not called to follow the patterns of the world but be renewed by the transformation of your mind. Galatians 2.20 it says wise, sorry My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't in this old self, but the one who has died on the cross, it is he who lives in me. Which means that every choice that I make is, has to be identified with Christ Jesus. You might sit there and ask a question, Pastor, how do I make wise choices? Ask this question, no matter what you're facing in life, no matter what choice you have in front of you, you ask this question, the choice that I'm about to make, does it match the identity of Jesus Christ in my life. If you can confidently say yes, make the choice. If you know you're slightly deviating and it's not the image of Christ over your life, you know for sure it's a wrong choice. Amen? Write this down if you're taking notes. Wise choices will always identify yourself with Christ. Wise choices will always identify yourself with Christ. Even if that means you have to suffer because of your choices. How do you think Christianity came to India? Because there were missionaries, young missionaries from various parts of the world who made an unusual choice. We have the apostles who made unusual decisions. They were crucified upside down in the cross for the sake of Christ. If you want to live an unusual life, this sermon is not for you. You can forget all about it and I'm sorry for wasting your time. But if you say, I want to walk in the path of the Lord. And even though it might seem unusual, I know that it is God who is calling me. Make a choice. Make a choice. Your choices will make you a kingdom hero. You might not be celebrated in the earthly way. But the kingdom of God will celebrate you here on earth. Because when you leave, you will leave a legacy. Because when you walk in the purposes of God, you're not just walking for yourself. You're also walking for the next generation. You will have generations coming after you who will tell, my parents made this choice and it is because of them, those legends, I am here today. You will be able to say, there was one one crazy pastor who always kept saying in King City Church that you got to make a choice. When we decided to plant this church and when God called us to plant it, we said that we will make choice every Sunday to love God, to love people, to love life. We've made a choice to open the doors to anybody and everybody who walks into this church and we will tell them the love of Jesus. As a life group, we make choices saying that every Sunday we will invite somebody because somebody is just one sermon away from giving their life to Jesus. We make a choice, we make a choice, we make a choice. Your choices will make you a kingdom hero. Heaven will celebrate you. But if you want to be always expecting praises from the lips of men and women who are surrounding you, and if you're going to live in those praises, your legacy will die as you die here. But when you make kingdom choices people will be celebrating you for eternity. Today I talk about William Carey. I can talk about, you know, great missionaries. And even now we sing some of the hymns that was written 100 years ago, 50 years ago. How? Why? They are long gone. Because they made a different choice for Jesus. Thank you for listening to our sermon today with us. Hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash And we will meet you with another inspiring sermon next week. God bless you.